Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you today? Ah, Jason, good to see you again. It's good to be alive. It, it's wonderful <laughs> to be alive considering, you know, we survived it's, Valentine's Day uh, and well, enjoyed the Super Bowl last weekend. So. Well, it, it's always better than the alternative. <laughs> That's exactly that right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, did your team win the Super Bowl? I was rooting for the Rams, so yes. They, oh my goodness, you're win. the only other person that I have met other than myself that was actually rooting for the Rams. Now, it, was there a particular reason that you were rooting for the Rams? You know, I like Joe Burrow for the Bengals, but I was really hoping that Aaron Donald for uh, the Rams would, would get a championship ring. And, and well, happened. actually, I can appreciate that because I had uh, I had no nothing uh, for either team one way or the other. And normally I tend to root for the underdog uh, uh, which is not hard to do in the ACC for basketball, that's for sure. Uh, that's always an enjoyable thing. But um, from my perspective, it really came down to the fact that the Rams were full of players who are wonderful people, or at least their public persona is that they're wonderful people, um, that actually deserved to win a Super Bowl. You know, and, and Joe Burrow seems to be an okay guy. He's clearly flashy. <laughs> you know, that part doesn't really go over too well with me as far as I'm, I'm a fella who believes that everybody puts their pants on the same way. And that kind of you know, attitude just hits me the wrong way I, I'm sorry it just does but uh, on the other side it's just like um, uh, you know Mr. Donald he obviously is probably one of the best defensive uh, players in the entire league and uh, deserved a ring if you will uh, as did a number of the other players. You know, the after uh, Brady retired, the oldest player in the NFL uh, was a lineman for the Rams, and he clearly was planning to retire as well at being his last game. So there were a number, and I think Donald is going to retire too. So, it, you know, it, it just seemed their time. Uh, they were a great team. Uh, the game was terrific. You know, Joe Burrows, you know, Cincinnati will be back. They have a That's great right. team. And so, but this was one, this was a time when it was simply the Rams time. So, and the other thing too is Los Angeles, to, in my book, is the last place on earth I'd want to live. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, uh, I don't even like going there. So, I, you know, it's just not my cup of tea. But, again, like I said, I, I had no iron in the fire. So it was really just a matter of a gut thing. But I was delighted to see a good game. And then, of course, right after the Super Bowl, we get what? Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> woo You know, last week I was talking about the fact that there are always these commercialized uh, things to – you know, celebrate, particularly for the ladies. You know, they get more jewelry that way. I get it. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, I should not take that attitude because the fact is that every opportunity that we have to celebrate life, we should take. You know, it's the kind of thing where it's really hard to get up every morning and, you know, celebrate the fact that you're alive and well and you can do whatever. Truthfully, that's what we should be doing. So all of these commercial breaks are just uh, where somebody else is telling us, you know, we we really should be celebrating. Uh, And the fact is we should, whether it's, I mean, you know, we don't need an excuse like Valentine's Day to celebrate, but we do need to find ways that we can celebrate ourselves and each other and our families and our friends and, uh, you know, uh, that that part, I think, is important for us to keep in mind. I, I think that's good perspective. And I would also say that we should not have Valentine's Day on a Monday after the Super Bowl because I think myself and all of Wake County were out buying flowers Monday morning. So uh, <laughs> that, that was an adventure yeah. in and of itself. But um, Yeah, well, that, you're just unprepared. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, there are lots of folks who bought their cards and chocolates and flowers in advance of Monday. So, you know. Um, there may have been, but I, I'm telling you, there were uh, there was quite a crowd out on Monday morning uh, well, in, in I, my same position. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that because I think people were preparing more for the Super Bowl yes. parties than they were <laughs> for the Valentine. Uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> my, myself included. Well, Bill, we've got a, uh, a show jam-packed full of information here to get to, and First off, um, we're going to talk about the difference between life planning and death planning. Well, you know, the fact is that estate planning, um, there are an awful lot of folks that procrastinate. You know, they just put it off. And I think that part of it is because most people think that estate planning is simply preparing a will. In other words, it's death planning. And, and you know, that's not something that people want to think about. You know, it's, it's like when you're around the dinner table, it's really difficult to talk uh, around the dinner table, at least it is in most families, about things like what should we do if so-and-so happens and you're in the hospital and life is terrible and blah, blah, blah. You know those kind of decision, those kind of talks need to be had between parent and child. Those kind of things, and and those are really difficult conversations to get started. Even though everybody knows they're important, because the fact is, even though uh, we think we can, uh, we really cannot read people's minds. <laughs> and so, if people communicate. Uh, and actually, it's it's a two-way street. It's somebody has to talk, and the other person has to listen. And frankly, the listening part is just as important, if not more important, than the talking part. Uh, in, in fact, there are a lot of folks who talk, but there are fewer people who listen. <laughs> so... But the, but the fact is, is that these conversations uh, need to take place. And, of course, uh, there are an awful lot of folks that don't want to think about it, don't want to talk about it, and hence they want to procrastinate and say, well, we, we can do it tomorrow, we can do it next week, we can do it next year, we can do it, you know, you know, we have plenty of time. 
fact is we might have plenty of time and we might not. And it's like anything else, uh, good planning is something that should be done on a regular basis. But we only can die once, okay? But uh, so in the thing that I want to make plain is the fact that estate planning is as much about life planning as it is about death planning. Uh, you know, in our documents, uh, we prepare six basic documents for folks for just a normal, simple estate plan. One of them is a will, but once you get past the will, everything else is about life planning. You know, a, an advanced general durable power of attorney that I talk about all the time as being so important, particularly for seniors, uh, that most seniors don't have the right document. But a healthcare power of attorney can be extraordinarily important if some, you know, because all of us, even young people, have times when they need an agent. You know, if you're in surgery and they put you to sleep, you cannot communicate. And if something goes wrong, having an agent makes all the difference in the world. And then uh, a, a, an advanced directive for natural death, that's uh, a crisis document that can be very helpful to families, take pressure off family members when uh, life is tenuous at best and hopeless, I should say. A very narrowly drawn document that all of us should have. Anybody who's 18 or over should actually have one of those. A medical release is actually, comp comp you know, that is required by federal law. Uh, a lot of folks call them HIPAA releases, but it's actually a medical release that's compliant with the federal HIPAA law. And one of the advantages, even though a lot of folks don't see it that way, is that you can name additional family members to give them access to your doctors, even when they're not acting as your health care agent. I mean, you always want your health care agent in there, but let's say that your children aren't your agent, but you want your children to have access to your doctor. So you can name your children on that document to give them that access without naming them to make healthcare decisions for you. And then another document that's so becoming more and more important for everyone is a digital release because almost all of us have online um, an online presence. You know, our bank records, our investment records, our uh, Facebook pages and things like that are all digital resources, and a digital release is actually necessary. So our agent, which would normally be a spouse or a child that's trusted, has access to our usernames and passwords and can lawfully use those. Um, you know, for a lot of seniors, there are there will be a spouse or a child who's actually helping uh, whether it's legal or not is a different matter, but that's why these digital releases can be so, so important. But the point I'm trying to make is that five of these documents are not about death. <laughs> you know, they're about life and, and being able to make decisions and being able to do things that are helpful for you and your family during your lifetime. Uh, and, and those, uh, you can call them insurance policies if you want to, and they are to a great degree, but they're really important to folks. Now, 
I do want to focus this morning on the death planning and your last will and testament. So I, I realize we need to take a break. So when we come back, I want to focus on that. We will discuss that in depth, and if planning is something that you either have not done or maybe you've uh, had some documents prepared in the past and would like them reviewed, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. That's the best way to do that, and there, as I said, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, get your documents reviewed, or start a new set of documents if you haven't had any done before, and WGALaw.com. Dot com is where you can also go to learn more about Bill's free webinars. He does these the second Wednesday of every month. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, March 9th. If you would like to learn more for free about the subjects of long-term care assistance, dealing with Medicaid, VA benefits, and financial assistance that might be available to you for dealing with a long-term crisis, this is a wonderful way to do that. Or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, Bill's got a webinar for that too. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more, or you can call the office 919-256-7000, A quick break and back with more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, just before the break, you mentioned we're going to have a, a more thorough discussion on death planning. And I think the first thing that comes to most folks' mind when it comes to death planning is a will. Uh, well, no question about it, uh, and I do want to talk about that. But you know, uh, the fact is there there are no guarantees in life. That that's uh, a truism that uh, that most of us should take to heart. You know, the Olympics have been a lot of fun to watch, and for me, uh, every time the Olympics comes around, whether it's Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics, I think about my brother Steve. And my brother Steve was a gymnast at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and he was a terrific gymnast. And he actually um, had the opportunity to uh, to try out for the Olympic gymnast uh, team. And uh, uh, during the trials, uh, he uh, broke his wrist, and so he was eliminated. But he was a contender uh, and uh, had a Uh, graduated from Carolina, uh, had everything in front of him, you know, as an athlete and as a student. He studied marine biology, and then he ended up going to California to go deep-sea diving, you know, learn deep-sea diving, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. But the fact is that uh, when he came home, he was driving back down to Carolina, and guess what? He had a flat tire late at night on I-95 and was run over. And those things, unfortunately, happen to people. And uh, Steve uh, was unconscious for six and a half weeks, uh, but woke up 
uh, totally broken, his own entire body, uh, but strong as an ox. Otherwise, he never would have survived uh, that uh, and um, had traumatic brain injury, which lasted the rest of his life. And, but, but he never complained. He worked. He basically uh, did what his limited capability allowed him to do. Uh, which was, he was a fantastic brother. Uh, but the fact is, is that that one incident changed his entire life. No guarantees in the world. Uh, and I, you know, basically I had the privilege of being his brother and seeing how to be able to act uh, under those horrible circumstances. But, uh, and help to take care of him for sure. But the fact is, is that it just, Life is tenuous, and uh, and it's the kind of thing where we just have to recognize that um, th that bad things do happen uh, to us, and that uh, it can happen at any time, and we don't control that. <laughs> now, the you know, as I said, there's no guarantees in life. There is a guarantee in death, and that is there is a 100 percent probability that we will die <laughs> wouldn't you agree with that absolutely it's unavoidable no no question about it uh, it's the fate for each each and every one of us and when you recognize that uh, is it not best to plan than not plan i mean and from my perspective anyone who cares about their family, they care about their loved ones, will have, at a minimum, a last will and testament. You know, uh, there are a lot of folks who um, think, well, I, I don't want to have a will because I don't want to have a probate. I've just heard that that probate is really, really bad. And, and the fact is, if you don't have a will— you will have a probate, <laughs> you know. Uh, and the other thing is, if you if you have a will, you will have a probate. And truthfully, probate is not a bad thing. It can be a good thing. And the good news in North Carolina is that probate um, is not horribly expensive. Uh, now, there's some states where probate are is pretty pricey. And the folks who live in those states and the biggies that you come to think of would be New York, New Jersey, Florida, California. Anybody with any kind of money that lives in those states better have a trust because a trust is actually your very best planning methodology of avoiding probate. Now, there are other ways of avoiding probate as well. Uh, through beneficiary designations and joint accounts with right of survivorship uh, and the like, which are, it, it, from my perspective, that planning is fairly common for folks who've been married and are married for a long time. And, and they're, you know, normal Ozzy and Harriet families where uh, you have children and they're your children. It's not a his, mine, ours, theirs type of a relationship that's very common today. So, uh, uh, but the fact is that um, 
uh, probate does take a little bit longer, uh, and there's uh, more things, more compliance things that folks have to do, um, and it's a little more expensive for, for families to go through probate than trust-based planning. But for, frankly, for a lot of folks, a will-based plan works extremely well. And for husband, I mean, for a married couple, uh, at the first death, uh, probate is generally fairly, fairly simple, and that that's really uh, important for folks to understand. So, uh, but but the fact is that what if you don't have a will and you don't have any other plan? Well, the fact is most people think that your property automatically goes to your spouse. And if, if you're single, that, you're, that your uh, property automatically goes to your children or your parents or, or the like. And the, and the fact is that that's not necessarily true. It really just depends on the circumstances. And so for a person who's married with children, the, the law that takes care of, of your property if you do not have a will is called intestacy. Every state has a law to deal with property where a person does not have a will. And you'd be surprised, but there are an awful lot of folks that never plan, uh, don't have wills and powers of attorney and the documents that uh, those of us who are a little smarter about it have. You know, And actually about half of the country doesn't have estate planning documents. That part's pretty sad if you think about it. But so uh, basically they get whatever they get. <laughs> <laughs> but every state has intestacy laws, and typically for a married couple with children, it means that their property will be divided among the spouse and children in different shares depending on the state you live in. And that can really cause problems, particularly if you have younger children, because if you have minors who inherit then guess what? Then then the property sometimes becomes where you can't manage it. You can't sell it and move on. You you basically have to get a court to approve anything that you might do if, if the property is owned by a minor child. So there are a lot of issues that can happen when people do not have a will. So even a simple will uh, is better than not having a will at all for most folks, but having a well-planned will is the best way to go. Now, I know you're looking at me like I need to take a break, and I will, but I want to come back and talk about wills and how important they are and some of the considerations that people should think about uh, as it relates to a last will and testament. Wonderful. We will get to those. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about Bill or if you want to schedule an appointment to see Bill, maybe you want to set up a will of your own or maybe you've got one or in other legal documents that you would like reviewed, go to WGALaw.com and schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. WGALaw.com is Bill's website. You can also learn more about Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, March 9th. If you want to learn more about the subjects of long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning, this is a free educational opportunity for you. Go to wgalaw.com. 
www.ethicsmartmoney.com. Click on the seminars button. These are currently in the form of webinars. You can participate from your own home. You don't have to go anywhere. You can enjoy Bill's wisdom from the comfort of your own living room if you so choose. All you need is a device with an internet connection and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com is the website. The phone number, if you want to call the office, is 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. If you want to register for Bill's free webinars, those are happening on Wednesday, March 9th. Be sure to go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, as well as asset protection and trust planning, WGALaw.com. Dot com is the place to go. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill. We're talking about uh, death planning right now and wills. And you know, most of us think that hey, I'll, I'll my, in my will, I'll, I'll just keep it simple. You know, I'll leave everything to my spouse or I'll leave everything to my children. But uh, sometimes we may need to consider a little bit more than that. No question about it. And I'll get to that. But the first thing uh, that I think it's important to acknowledge is that lawyers get paid the big bucks. And why is that? It's because we love to use $100 words that normal folk have no clue what these words mean. You know, that's so you need another lawyer to interpret it, you know? So that's how lawyers keep this thing rolling. You know, we use big words that nobody else understands. And so then the family has to go to another lawyer to explain how the big words that we use in the beginning, you see. So uh, the first thing I probably should do here is to talk about some of those $100 words. I mean, you know, it's and wills are full of $100 words. Uh, Okay, so first of all, uh, a, a will is created by a testator or if you're a lady, it's a testatrix, you know, because, you know, we have lots of words that are Latin. (laughs) Okay, that's just the way it is. So a testator or testatrix is the person who creates the document. And and you see, part of these big words are we, we, uh, they're very specific as to personalities, uh, you know, who's involved in this and how the, it is described. And and actually, even though uh, they are expensive words, they are uh, very helpful when trying to interpret a, a document and make sure that it's, it's uh, exactly what people want. And so uh, then, uh, in a will... Um, uh, you have um, the folks you want to leave property to. And uh, that can be one of two ways, but it's normally a what's called a devisee. You know, in other words, I give, devise, and bequeath my property to, and so 
that word devise is the word that where you you get devisee. That's the person who you normally will a property to. Uh, and of course, you can also have uh, a beneficiary, uh, but a beneficiary is actually the person who takes in a trust inside your will, or actually outside your will too, but in a will, it would be that you've created a trust, and inside that trust, you have a beneficiary. So there's a little distinction between a devisee and a beneficiary, but uh, very slight. But it basically means the folks who get the property, whether directly through the will or through the trust inside your will. Then, if you have a disabled person or a minor child, you would have a guardian, you know, and, you know, parents of younger children should have a will that appoints a person to take care of their children. And in North Carolina, that would be the guardian of the person. In other states, it may just be called the guardian. Now, in North Carolina, uh, the person who takes care of the children's property would be called the guardian of the estate. In most other states, it's called a conservatorship. Uh, but that's uh, how that works. And, and actually, a lot of folks in North Carolina not only take care of the person, but they also take care of the property. And in North Carolina, that would be a general guardian. Um, so our laws are, you know, and the words we use in North Carolina are a little different than some other states, but, you know, if you know what the words mean, you're good to go. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, if you have a trust in your um, last will and testament, then you'll have a trustee and the trustee is the person who's responsible, has the fiduciary duty, to uh, take the property, to invest the property properly, and to distribute the property to the beneficiaries under the terms of that trust. And all a trust is is a contract. It's like, you shall do this, and the trustee is responsible for doing it, uh, and uh, in a fiduciary manner. So that can be uh, really important. And then you have to name somebody to take care of things when you die because you're not going to be around to do it, okay? So in, uh, in North Carolina, we still use the word executor. Uh, and if you're female, it's executrix. That's the person that you name to basically administer your estate upon your death. And of course, then we can be a little more confusing uh, because if you um, if you don't have a will, you still have to have somebody who administers your estate. And guess what? That's called an administrator or the female's administratrix. And if you have a last will and testament, but everybody that you've named in your will is not available, they've died or they can't do it or whatever, then you have what's called an administrator CTA. That's, that's where the court appoints someone to administer your estate, but they do it based on your last will and testament. So it's 
the administrator with will attached. That's how that works. Um, and uh, I'm probably leaving something out because there, there are so many different $100 words. I love these words. Aren't they great, folks? <laughs> so uh, uh, now... Uh, then there's some other uh, nice words that we use, um, like uh, um, uh, particularly if our, if our devisee dies, and then we say we have a contingent beneficiary. If so and so dies, then we leave property to so and so's lineal descendants per stirpes. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well. Lineal descendants basically means your children and then your grandchildren and then your great-grandchildren from there. Uh, and per stirpes, basically, in almost every case, is it means if, if uh, the person dies, then that share goes to their own children. Now, uh, there's also another one that's a little more harder to explain. That's called per capita. And that would be something that a grandparent might use if they, if like Vince, they had one child with one grandchild, and then they had another child with three grandchildren and another child with four grandchildren, uh, and they wanted to leave the same amount to all the grandchildren, you know, in other words, an equal share to each grandchild, uh, which is not very common. But if you were doing that, that would be a per capita distribution. So it's... <laughs> You know, don't 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 you just love this? I mean, actually, if you were telling the truth, it's sort of like, come on, Bill, this is awful. Let's get on with this thing. So I, I, uh, I can appreciate that. Uh, but the, like I said, these are these hundred dollar words that if you don't know what they are, then it's sort of like, can you actually read your will and understand what it does? And I get that. So. Um, uh, but then you also have other ways you can leave property. You can have specific distributions as opposed to general distributions. And a specific distribution means I leave, let's just say, I leave my Cadillac to Joe Blow. Now, the thing about a specific distribution is that if Joe Blow is alive when I die, then Joe gets the Cadillac. That's the specific distribution. But if he dies before I die, then he doesn't. A, spe a specific distribution is void if the person is not allowed to take it. Whereas with a general distribution, I leave all my property to Joe Blow, and Joe dies. Well, it still goes to Joe, but then it goes to Joe's family because that's a general distribution. So very, very different in terms of... but. That's why these words can be really important because if you say, I specifically give devise and bequeath, that's a specific distribution, where if you just say, I give devise and bequeath, that's a general distribution. Does this all make sense to you, Jason? Not really, but that's why <laughs> that's why I'm so glad that I see you uh, every weekend, Bill. Is that you know you can explain this uh, very complicated stuff to me, and you know I think that's so important for uh, maybe folks on my level who really don't have a good grasp on these documents, and it, we need the help of someone who's extremely knowledgeable, and that's certainly you, Bill. So I encourage folks who either who don't have a will, uh, or maybe you've thought about doing it yourself. Get an expert opinion first. Go see Bill. Schedule an appointment to see him. <laughs> well, 
Jason, you can tell that I, I love this stuff. It's and it's not because I don't want to confuse folks. I actually want to educate folks and make sure they know exactly what they're getting. But when you're doing legal documentation, it takes certain words to make sure that your intentions are actually carried out in your documents. And if they're not very carefully worded, then uh, because to me, it's all about a plan that works. And what work means to me is that what you want happens actually happens. And that's what makes these kind of things so important. Now, I realize we need to take a break, but when we come back, I actually want to talk about some of the reasons that seniors and also young families need to think about uh, how to do a will that might be a little different than I just than what I call an I love you will. In other words, I leave everything I have to you. That's an I love you will. Well, I think that also goes to the point where it's important to have your documents reviewed as well because uh, you may have had one intention and then having that a second set of eyes on your documents might reveal that, oh, this, this isn't going to go exactly how you intended. So if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. From there, you can schedule an appointment. You can also learn more about Bill's free webinars by clicking on the seminars button at WGALaw.com. If you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or about long-term care assistance, Go to WGALaw.com and click on that Seminars button at the top of the page or call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking about wills. And Bill, just before the break, you mentioned that young people and seniors may want to consider more than just a simple, I love you, Will. Uh, yes, for, for sure. And, and first of all, let's take in uh, young families. Uh, any person that has a child, a young child, or any child that's younger than 18. And uh, th those of us with children know that even though 18-year-olds are uh, grown and of full age and uh, no longer considered a minor, um, most 18-year-olds are not mature enough to handle uh, property in terms of an inheritance. And so that's sort of a no-brainer among parents. <laughs> but the fact is, is that this is an important thing because uh, for most uh, young people with uh, a young family, uh, it is really, really important that they have a last will and testament. And so many of them don't. Now, an I love you will, I leave everything to my spouse, is far better 
for a young couple than not having any will at all because with no will, you have what's called intestacy. I mentioned that earlier. And that means that there is a possibility, if not a probability, that your minor children will inherit property with your spouse. And that creates a huge nightmare for the family in terms of dealing with property that is owned by minor children. It oftentimes requires a guardianship and accountings and and uh, just stuff that you would not fathom that is a, it's just painful to have to deal with. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the minor children need to move to a different state to live with parents or grandparents or aunts or uncles or whatever. And that can be even more problematic when their guardianship is here in North Carolina and it has to be transferred to a different state. So the bottom line is better to have I leave everything to my spouse than no will at all. Now, anyone with minor children should be thinking, okay, what happens if we both die in a tragic accident? You know, life is not guaranteed to us. So then if we actually prepare a goodwill, we will name a person that we want to take care of our children, the guardian of the person, if you will. We will also create a trust so that we can name the, the right person to manage their property. Otherwise, a court has to name somebody to do that. Uh, but so we get to choose who we think should be the trustee. And then we can set out terms about how to take care of our children until the youngest child reaches a magic age. And most of my clients use age 25 or 28, some later than that, very few earlier than that, before their children get to be able to even partially manage their inheritance. Uh, And that's important, too, because you give money to a young child and it's gone within less than a year easily, even if it's a large inheritance. So really important for that. But for seniors, you have much the same thing. Now, by seniors, I'm talking about older seniors, because as we get older and less able to take care of ourselves, that's when we should be thinking, okay, if I should die first, my spouse may not be able to manage our property for himself or herself. And that's where you can create a will-based trust that is asset-protected, name generally a child or other responsible person to be the trustee to manage property. And one of the and, it, and, and actually, as I've mentioned in my webinars, it's the only way you can create a protected trust that works with Medicaid. So there's no five-year look back, no um, Uh, no sanction or penalty for creating the trust. And so I have a lot of senior clients who choose to actually create a trust for their spouse uh, because in a lot of cases, the worst case scenario is that the healthy spouse dies first. And so that requires a little bit of planning uh, that can be extraordinarily helpful uh, in not only taking care of your surviving spouse, but it also protects the property for the surviving spouse and the family as well. 
It's so key to be thinking ahead, and if you want to learn more about some options that may be available to you, one, you can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com to do that, WGALaw.com, or if you want to try a different route, you can schedule uh, or you can reserve your spot to attend one of Bill's free webinars. You can do that by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the Seminars button at the top of the page if you want to learn more about what bill was just talking about there with asset protection and trust planning he has a webinar dedicated to that and he also has another webinar dedicated to long-term care assistance dealing with medicaid and va benefits that may be available to you go to wgalaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more a quick break and back you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, Bill's next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, March 9th. Learn more by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the Seminars button at the top of the page. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, maybe have some documents reviewed or start a a set of documents on your own, schedule an appointment to see Bill by going to WGALaw.com or calling the office 919 Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. We're out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend. Thanks so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.